Welcome to True Health Live, where we explore and acknowledge basic truths on some of the hottest topics in public health. If you are a public health student, experienced professional, or just interested in multiple perspectives in the public health arena, then this is a space for you. Join us. Greetings, everyone. It is True Health Live. Welcome from wherever you're dialing in. Good morning, good night, good afternoon. Not necessarily in that order. Um, we are here with True Health Live co-hosts, our dynamic women who are hosting this channel with me. Today we have uh, Precious Stephanie and we have Anishka Gopilal. And today we are going to be talking about over tech. Yeah, you heard me, over tech. So meaning how much technology is going on and specifically from the point of view of youth. As we know around the country, schools are opening back up and you know, before the end of the actual, you know, the traditional school year and the kids being out for summer, a lot of places are doing in-person learning um, in addition to the um, continuing the remote learning on Zoom and what have you and different remote platforms. And, um, so today I want to talk about like, you know, how that affects young people because they're not, um, they're not, they're not like us where we go to work and we have conference calls, webinars and things like that. We're kind of used to that. It took a little uh, getting used to even for us to do it 24 seven, but we've been, we've been kind of, we're, we're kind of seasoned at the work thing. Um, where students, like they're at that age where they need to really socialize. We all need to socialize. Look at, you know, what it's done to a lot of adults. Like I hear so many stories about colleagues and coworkers of mine talking about dealing with anxiety of even going back. And um, some people would rather the remote learning. Some people are just fed up with it because they're extreme extroverts and they need that interaction. So let's think about like, what is that doing to young people who are still developing? Um, so both Precious and Anishka, you guys are moms. So I'm really going to throw this at you. Um, and let's hear from your point of view, like what is happening with young people? Like how is that affecting, you know, stress patterns? How are they dealing? Are they ready to go back? Are they excited to go back? Because probably this time next year, we will have, um, uh, and I guess that's the hope worldwide, we will have gone back uh, full time and embraced the new normal of being back inside workplaces and schools. So, question, what's up? Sure. So, you know, I think when when I think of, you know, the idea of over tech, um, perhaps the kids were over teched even before or, or too tech exposed even before um, the pandemic, right? Um, and having to sit at a computer screen for several hours a day. Now, I guess I'll make a distinction. Um, back last March, when the schools shut down, I don't think they were as prepared. So I know different schools did different things. Um, and in my children's school district, they were given laptops <clears throat> and they were given packets of material. Um, and through different platforms, they were supported through their day, but they didn't have to sit at a computer all day and almost have class. So it was it was structured differently, and I think that worked better for them. Um, being able to know, you know, throughout the day, I've got to get these assignments. So it was almost like independent study. I had to get these assignments done, but I didn't necessarily like. There was one or two times throughout the day where they would have to log in and kind of ask any questions and show that they had made progress with the work. Um, I think that worked a lot better 
than what's happening now, which is if you choose to be either um, fully remote or hybrid where you're going in one week and staying home one week, um, you're expected to sit at that computer screen for however many hours school is in session. Um, and that's definitely been a challenge um, to watch, much less for the youth to participate in. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there as far as just an opening. Um, Anishka, what has your experience been? Um, I know your daughter's older as well. <laughs> yes, she's, she's a teenager. She's a junior in high school. Um, so in the beginning, it was very different for her. Um, you know, she's not used to having that independent study. And to what Precious said about being um, over tech prior to the pandemic, that was more so a choice. It was fun for them, I feel, right? It was because they chose to be on their laptops or their um, their iPhones or, you know, just their smartphones. And now it's like a necessity. It's like you have to do it because that's the only way you're going to get grades. The only way you're going to get your education. Um, and so it's not as attractive anymore <laughs> as it used to be <laughs> for them. And so... I don't know. My daughter dealt with it. Um, it's definitely been a pro and a con, but she has excelled with the um, being remote and doing remote learning. And for one, I think it's it takes off a lot of pressure uh, from the students that I've seen, like my nieces and my nephews and, you know, my friends, their children, including my own. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, is that socializing piece, the social piece of it, that they all miss, rather if they're excelling in remote learning or if they're doing the hybrid, whatever the case might be, the way for them to engage has changed so drastically, and it's really taking a toll on their mental health and emotional health. Um, and I've had students, because um, I do work with the youth as well, that are like, you know, I was I was a straight A student when we, when we were in person and now my grades have dropped drastically because I don't get it like I need to be in class in order to understand because I want to have that engagement piece where I can ask questions in real time and the teacher explains it even with the teaching it's different and you know and I I totally get it because for me when I did online um, courses, it was like that, especially in math. I'm like, no, math, you have to be there because you want to ask all these questions and the teacher can explain and do you know, multiple examples. And online, it's just like, no, it, it doesn't work. Um, and that's how my brain operated. So I totally related to that. Um, you know, also like, you know, the anxiety levels went up, the testing even changed. What I noticed was that um, some, courses, they weren't even giving tests. It's just loads of work. Um, so I'm like, well, how do you test the knowledge? Like, what are they gaining? Because Google, <laughs> Google is magnificent. And you know, they can just punch in things and grab it um, and get straight hundreds. But are they really learning? You know, or are they taking these little shortcuts? Um, so how are, we test how are we testing the knowledge and not quote unquote, babying our students too much? You know, we still have to hold them accountable. Um, and so I think, you know, it's been a learning curve in comparison from last last year to present day, um, things have definitely changed. And I think it's a pro and a con. And as we as we're, we're going back into the regular settings um, and some of us may be looking forward to um, 
going back full time in 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 our spaces, um, whereas others aren't, and some people are just more comfortable with hybrid. I think it's just a learning process, and it's going to take time because now they're gonna this youth will have to now readjust. You know what I mean? And when they're all in person, it's gonna be more social. <laughs> you know, and I think what's interesting is that you have to know, like this became an opportunity for, for me to begin to recognize not just what my child's learning style is, but the pros and cons to being in class versus sitting at a computer virtually. So my daughter um, always had to work really hard at really good grades. Um, and my son was the total opposite. He would cut up and clown and still just be like, oh yeah, the answers are this. And what I found is a complete shift and energetically, like she's thriving in being remote and she's able to answer all the questions and she's much more engaged. Meanwhile, my son is fidgeting and dropping his pencil and his laptop's falling and never charged. And there's this whole, no matter how many times I plug it in, it's always dead. I don't, I think he's sabotaging it, but, um, you have like paying attention because while they, you know, when they were in the classroom, it was more distraction for her. It was more, oh, my friend's already done, so I should be done or vice versa. I want to be done first, right? Because then we're the first to get to recess or whatever. Um, that pressure is off. But for my son, it put a different pressure on. So I guess the one tip is I want to leave, you know, those listening, either with children or even just around children or, or an educator, um, know the child's learning style and the associated pros and cons with any, with the different environments that they can learn in, because a student can really thrive in the classroom, even being a little bit of a class clown and then not at all and not work at all virtually. Um, so just something to think about. Yeah, those are those are really, really good points. It's something you said um, earlier about um, the young people that made me think how your school, you the this I guess you said the district that um, your your children go to school in, they provided the equipment, right? Like the materials, like laptops and things. And it just made me think about some of the youth that I work with. Like while I'm not an educator, there is a youth component to some of the work that I do. And we work a lot with like underserved kids. And the reality was that not everybody has, like we're talking about over tech, right? Not everybody even has the, I don't want to say the ability to be over tech, but they don't have the access to the equipment. And so like one, and it became so real once when one of my team members, the youth, youth managers was like, yeah, my student has to, like, I'm having trouble reaching her because, you know, before everything was like on straight lockdown, she was going to the Starbucks down the street for the Wi-Fi. And um, she had just been able to get a computer, a laptop from the school because the schools don't necessarily, like we're in New York City and not every school is equally funded in that way and um, and has the ability um, or capability to give every student who needs one a laptop. You know, there's so many people in New York City, there's so many kids and not everyone was able to get a laptop. So then there's like this inequity and in, like how kids are able to even get online and access the um the lessons and come and things like that and you know sometimes you think like oh well everybody has a smartphone 
not necessarily the case. You know, we realize like some of the youth that we work with, they're actually living in shelters. So it's interesting, like there's this this duality of like being like over tech and like over zoomed, I guess, if you will, like zoom fatigue, um, which is, I guess, great for zoom. I was reading this article where it's like zoom just one. 2020 was a year of Zoom. They were winning, okay? Um, but, you know, it just it's just not the case for everybody to be able to access those things. And it was a reality check. You know, we were like some of, we realized some of our kids are in shelters and they just don't have that capability to even have a quiet space to, you know, talk. It's, it's kind of like when we were chatting about like the telehealth, you know, like where's that private space where people are able to kind of pay attention and give that undivided of who they're talking with or engaging with over line, online. So I thought that was really um, great that you brought that up because it just kind of sparked that other thought. And then like what you said, Anishka, like the social piece, like that is a big deal. And it ties back into like what your point on, um, on learning styles, Precious, how like now it's like the reverse, like your daughter's thriving, your son is like, oh God, you know, and it reminds me of that, that, you know, introvert, extrovert, like how some of us thrive depending on the um, environment and like taking away that social piece for a lot of youth is like a big deal. Like what does it do to their mental health, especially after the dumpster fire of 2020? And we're still working through you know, some of our issues. I think mental health has come to the forefront, you know, and it's a part of public health. It has come to the forefront on things that we need to be um, uh, concerned about and conscious about. And it's been, um, you know, something that um, is discussed all the time. Mental health is really important. And I think people who maybe didn't really hear the message and get it after 2020, I, I think more people get it. Like, you know, we all have to be cognizant and mindful of our mental health. You know, it's it's not something that that only a select few or, a, you know, oh, well, you know, that's your issue. No, it's everyone's issue, you know? And I think we were all faced with it from the youngest to the oldest, you know? So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, something that comes to mind, too, when I think of tips is... um considering screen time, like <laughs> something that I had to think about was how many, what, number one, how do I even define screen time? Like how many different things are my children on? Right. And I'm actually looking at a, like just a list of the average home. And it's like, you have, of course you have a laptop, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your laptop, you have your tablet, you have your, you know, you have your, smartwatch you probably have a switch or some sort of mobile thing you have your bluetooth headphones Mm -hmm. you know i don't think many children have ipods nowadays so i won't you know go to that but if you've got a smartphone then you've got that as well so there's this idea that you know there are just all of these i mean and i know some of my kids they started out with readers so it's like they still have the you know a kindle which would have been their starter before they got, you know, the iPad. So there's the e-reader. Now, when you when you combine all of that, you may say, oh, yeah, you know, they only have a two-hour limit on their iPad, but do you limit all of the other tech options? Mm-hmm. And have we ever tallied up? I know I haven't um, tallied how much time, especially when they're fully online learning, how much time they're really spending in front of technology and how we can carve 
some of that time back out for family time, you know, quality discussion time. So just yeah. something else to think about. Take inventory. <laughs> I, I just want to piggyback off of that. That last point is just so important about spending quality time with, with your family because though the kids are not able to be in person with their friends, they have their family, you know? And so us as parents, I know me, for um, example, I make sure that my daughter and I have that time together. And so we're talking not only about school and how she's feeling, because on top of the mental health, the emotional health, like how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's talk, you know? Um, rather that be over lunch or dinner, just like sitting on the couch watching a movie or something like that. And it, it's so crazy because it it's like a conversation that, that's wanted and needed. And when you have it, it's it, it goes into levels. It's like you're peeling back layers and layers. And, and it's really, for me, insightful. Um, it helps me better guide and support her. Um, and then also to with all of the technology that is that she does have access to and that is available to her, I must say, if it's not her laptop, it's her iPhone. And she's actually cut back on the iPhone and mm -hmm. social media. She just was able to get on social media um, and uh, Instagram about a year now, and I'm, I'm and I have access to it, <laughs> so um, I monitor her. Um, with school, though, I gotta say for her particular school. Um, they don't manda mandate them to be on the computer all day. They'll give them the assignments and allow them, they'll have sessions. And so they'll get their schedule. And if you need help or, you know, if they, it's an activity that they're doing or a lab, um, however they do that online, then you log in for that period of time. So there's not, she has time where she can be on for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour and then she'll get off and not have to get back on till the afternoon. But it is a lot of independent learning. Um, even so, though, it's it's so different that that family aspect, that one on one as as a family member to the to the youth, uh, to the child is very imperative because I think it brings a really nice balance um, and it's in more so. So, so it's support. It's just letting them know it's it's OK. This is a different time. And let, let's talk about what you what you're feeling and what you're going through. What are the pros? What are the cons? What do you like? What you don't like? What do you need me to help you and how can I help how can I help you thrive in this setting? Um, so that's I think that is so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. Um, I think you said, Precious, the um, how they, they, they were over tech even before, like the use was high and it immediately visual that came to me. Like, yeah, because like social media, you know, like uh, you're explaining and it's like. So it brought me to this this memory, like one of the first warm days, like um, maybe it was, I think it was in March, it was like 70 something degrees. And I was out walking around, um, I don't know where I was, but I remember looking out of the window from wherever I was and these these young kids, they were maybe like high, maybe middle school, high school. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell ages now because kids like they can be so like, grown but um I'm gonna go with freshmen in high school <laughs> so they were like you know a group of friends and they're all riding their bikes and they had kind of paused outside and this area is like very quaint and you know shops and stuff like that it's very family oriented and they were you know just kind of on their bikes and taking a break and they kind of stopped in front of the store and I noted not a one of them stopped 
and was just like, you know, in their own world on the phone. You know how like there used to be that cluster of people together, adults too, like, you know, from the youth on up or adults on down, you know, you would stop and everybody would be on their phone. There was none of that. They were all talking to one another. And in my head, I was just like, that is that, that yearning to like be near and close to another person. You know, so I, and it was also refreshing. I was like, none of them were like just sitting on their phones and I'm sure they had them, but you know, they were just kind of with one another. Um, and that was really like, like nice to see. And it just made me think like what you also said, uh, Nishka, about choice. It's funny. Like, yeah, you're right. It's, um, when it's, when, when people are feeling like it's their choice to do something or they feel like they have a choice, like it's all good. The minute it becomes mandatory, there's like this aversion, like, no, you know, it, like we all do it. Like, I'm not doing it. You know, you have to drag us by <laughs> to go and do it. And so like now it's, it's so interesting. Now there's this yearning to go in the opposite direction and just have that inter um, personal connection, which is, yeah, what's needed. And so it just goes back to like what all has been said so far, like, you know, you know, it's kind of the tips you're talking about. Think about the learning style. You know, choice is is a big thing that goes into how people can, like, learn and how they kind of react react to it. Um, the screen time and quality time, like, monitoring that use and being mindful of, you know, what family time and quality time that you as parents and as families can put together. Um, because, like, at the end of the day, it really all goes toward mental health you know, and especially for young minds that are still developing, it's crucial that we pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the balance is the key, right? And we always wind up getting back to balance in these discussions. Um, but I like how we, we, we each touched on, you know, the benefit of socialization and how this time of forced tech, if you will, right? Because you have to be logged in for work or school. Um, it really does give an, a greater opportunity, as your example reflected, to choose to socialize, you know, to come together and carve out time for family, as Anushka spoke to, or with those kids, carve out time to just connect as kids, mm -hmm. right, and not be all into your phone. Um, but there are benefits to tech as well, right? And so I didn't want us to share about the idea of over tech without looking at some of the benefits. Um it does help to improve certain skills, right? Because to be a digital learner requires you to kind of function differently. I know for my children, it required them to have a level of organization that they didn't have when they had everything in their desk and it only had to stay in school. You know, now they kind of had to make sure they had everything at their station at the dining table, right? Um, I think what I found with my daughter was a lot more team building because they would have more breakout groups virtually where they would have to read together. Um, I think as a parent, it also gave me an opportunity to observe my child as a student learner. You always hear from the vantage point of their teachers, but to kind of witness my children do breakout groups and see, oh, she's like her mom, like she takes that leadership role and she's, you know, organizing and structuring and I'm like, oh, wow, you, you get to kind of benefit in, in other ways. And I think the last one with the idea of tech and learning is um, 
it kind of gives you access to more ways mm-hmm. to solve a problem. True. Just being able to, to mm-hmm. break out and research something as opposed to just hearing through brainstorming in the classroom. So just a True. few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It helps you to compartmentalize a little bit better. Like we're decluttering, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, because I'm not going to lie. I have like four machines going at once sometimes. <laughs> like a phone, two laptops, an iPad, and a desktop. Um, but it does help to keep things digital, right? We have less paper, you know, less thing. Like you said, they're keeping, you know, rather than keeping things in their desk, and it made me even think of like our, you know, purses. Like I've even like uh, scaled down on like the bag that I use to bring out of the house because it's like, well, all I need is a cell phone, you know, because like I could just get on the cloud and any conference calls on the cell phone. And as long as I have a cell phone and headphones, I think we're good to go, you know. So it does help to declutter. Um, like physically in that sense and like organized in a way where you're not maybe looking for things. We, I mean, we'll look for things like oh, what file was it in or which folder, looking for that email, but you can do a search and it pops up way faster than you like digging with your hands to the bottom of something or through your desk. So yeah, I, that's exactly right. Like, you know, there are some pros. Like, yeah, we have to, like, this is true health life. So we have to look at both ends of the spectrum and, you know, really identify um you know the positives that do come out of it um but like you said like make sure we have that balance between the two yeah absolutely absolutely i agree i definitely agree it 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 even to me it, it just teaches them how to how to stay organized too even if they get a little overwhelmed yeah. um, having certain things at their fingertips um it, it just builds this skill that they probably wouldn't have done till later on in their educational experience, right? Um, so now that this is just using technology for a more productive, um, you know, on a more productive aspect versus yeah. socializing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think these are some really good things to think about, the pros and the cons. So, like, um, maybe I'll, I'll list them. So, like, some of the things we talked about um, and I don't want to necessarily say cons, but like, you know, because we want to be mindful of being over tech. So things we have to be mindful of are, you know, learning style, uh, monitoring screen time or being aware of screen time and what the students are actually being asked to do so that you can also keep that balance and measure for quality time or family time, um, you know choice is a big deal like so everybody's response to how they have to learn it really goes with like choice and the the other side to that is you know what we just said like the um being able to physically declutter teaching organizational skills um you know it actually gives uh, some parents as you said precious the ability to kind of see firsthand from the parent point of view what happens in school and how what kind of learner your child is so there's some pros to the remote learning and the tech um you know and uh, from there like I think a lot of parents are seeing what kind of student <laughs> their child is so it's, it's very eye-opening and so and in some cases there's some corrective courses some corrective action that can be made for a lot of people or or even some enhancements so you know it's it is all about balance and and really being honest about um all aspects you know of what we're dealing with here and um, that really is like a, a piece of like the mental health. So, all right. 
So thank you for joining us. That's all we have for this show. And you can catch us next time on True Health Live. Thank you for joining us here at True Health Live. Remember to like, save, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment and send an email if there's a topic if you want to discuss. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at True Health Live. You can also listen on DeidraSully.com. If there's a topic you'd like to discuss or hear, you can send an email to truehealthlive at gmail.com. See you next time.